batter's out, oh. and he remains out of oh. now. The runner off first base is trapped. A player who didn't know the infield fly rule, and it'll be a double play if the Mets can execute the rundown. Oh, no. And the tag is made to end the inning. That's Cesar Hernandez showing no knowledge of the infield fly rule. Boys down. <laughs> yeah. Da-da-da-da. Charge! 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 Hey everyone, welcome to the Infield Flyers podcast. I'm joined as always with Brendan and Jonathan. We're a week away from Yankees Mets exhibition baseball. Yes! Yes! I think I think the Mets are missing Garrett Cole because he pitched yesterday and and they want to keep him on a five-day schedule so he's going to pitch in another inner squad game but i don't know maybe the yankees will see the we'll get to see the grom i hope you guys it see seems, the grom it seems like garrett cole is uh on pace by opening day he'll be at like 105 110 pitches so he'll be pretty close to normal he threw 84 over five and two-thirds against the yankees b squad Man, but yeah. some of those pitches he was throwing, I was watching one of the intra games. It is nasty what he can do. It's kind of scary. Well, yeah, it was just unfair watching like Higashi Oka and Kyle Holder <laughs> trying to catch up. To his, <laughs> That's not his happening. His ninety-nine mile per hour high heat. It, it, like I kind of wish he was playing against like the actual lineup, but I guess like having him go six innings, striking out twelve batters. Is really good for the psyche. Gets him, gets him in the right mindset. He did uh, his last start. Baseball. He did his last start, and I know he struck out Gary Sanchez. I think he struck out Stanton. He was just on a roll. Well, also another encouraging thing is him and Sanchez looked really on the same page. Like I don't think Eric Cole struck Sanchez off at all. And defense has always been uh, the drawback to Gary. So if if they. Uh, if they're on the same page, that can only be dangerous. That's true. That's one hundred percent true. But I think also, I think I think Tyro Estrada is going to crack the opening day lineup. Since uh, I don't think Lemayu is going to be ready, and I, I don't. I'm just kind of sick of watching Tyler Wade. Yeah, I get what you mean. Like I think he's. I think he could be a good player on another team. But he just doesn't hit enough to be a part of our lineup. Yep, I definitely get you on that one. I thought he wasn't going to be part of the lineup, though. Well, right now he's been starting at second base because we don't have Lemayu in there. But but we also have Estrada. We could slide or shell in there. We want to get in Duhar more at bats. That's true. We have options, but I don't know. I just don't. I see Tyler Wade as like our pinch runner. For the season, that's that's his role. You know, Every team needs that now. So, yeah. You know, who I think is really going to make the uh, opening day roster for the Yankees. I think it's going to be Clark Schmidt. Well, him and Michael King have looked really good, yeah, they, he, and they're going. No, yeah, I was saying they've, especially Clark Schmidt, has really turned a lot of heads. Like these past few. Even though it's like intra intra squad starts, the um, the insane amount of like nasty stuff this guy has is ridiculous. 
I have a, I have a question about DJ, uh, DJ LeMayhew. Yeah. He had coronavirus, right? But he doesn't have the symptoms. He's a symptomatic, so, yeah. So when he comes back, he's going to be obviously their like number three hitter. Yeah. No, I think he's going to bat lead off. Oh, lead off, right? I think I think our lineup, if everyone's healthy, and who knows what Judge because he had to sit out again with a stiff neck. Oh my God! Yeah. But I, I oh, think our lineup is going to be. It's going to be LeMayhew, Judge. Yes, yeah, so at some point, Judge has to just man up and play through some of the pain. It's because of his girlfriend. His girlfriend's bitchiness rubs off on him. Maybe. But yeah, I think he'll be in the two slot. Glaber's going to bat third. Then probably Stannon, Hicks, Sanchez. And then any combination of Voight, Gardner, and Urshela. But what do you what do you flip flop? Um, what do you call it? Judge and uh, Glaber. No, I think they want because Judge is a very high on base guy. Like even if he only bats to like two seventy, his on base percentage always hovers around four hundred. So I think they want him there, and then Glaber's Glaber's probably our best all around hitter. So you want that guy in your in your third spot traditionally. That's true. How do you got? How do you got? Like Brendan, you're playing the show a lot. How do you? How do you um, construct your lineup? Do you go the traditional speed guy one, uh, slap hitter two, best hitter three, power hitter four? Or do you do what a lot of um, new school managers do now and put two high on base guys at the top best hitter number two and then power hitter number three i always do um top of the lineup guy is a power hitter slash speedster so he like he can run pretty well but also has a lot of pop and my second hitter is always my powerful guy and then you do mcneil alonzo or conforto alonzo for the mets the Mets, I do what their lineup actually is because they have Alonzo batting second. The Mets, so yeah. I do, I do. Uh, um, the lineup is uh, Nimmo, um, uh, Alonzo, Conforto, JD Davis. Um, then McNeil is fifth, um, or Cano is fifth. McNeil is sixth. Ramos, and then um, Ahmed Rosario. So it's probably going to happen this year with their lineup. It's going to be a little bit different. They're probably going to move McNeil to second because of the DH situation because you have Cespedes now in it, and Cespedes is like, can't be anywhere past like five. So I think it's going to be Nimmo, McNeil, Alonzo, Contorto, um, and then Cespedes, and then Cano, J.D. Davis, Ramos, Rosario. Yeah, I don't think – I think McNeil's going to bat nine. I'm not McNeil. Uh, McNeil's going to bat first, then, because you want to have your two best hitters in the one-two, so they can get x amount of extra at bats over the course of the season. And then Brandon Nimmo will hit nine. If he even, I never really got the hype with Brandon Nimmo. He's one of those guys though. On his on-base guy, but... percentage is crazy. That's why he always bats leadoff. He walks all the time. He sprints to first where, base. Where is he going to? Where is he going to play? He's center field. So center, so McNeil would play third. So left field is JD Davis, center is Nemo, right field is Conforto. Well, that's if yeah, you have I'd almost, I'd almost rather, I'd almost rather play 
Conforto in center, McNeil in uh, right, the left. I guess actually McNeil in the infield, Cespedes in the outfield, and then get Dominic Smith batting. Then what about JD Davis? JD Davis at third. So who, where about McNeil? Oh, you're you taking Nimmo out. Well, no, Cano is not Cano. They're not saying it because the Mets uh, company line has been they're not going to talk about it. But Cano 100% has the coronavirus. He hasn't reported to camp yet. And they said it's, they're not disclosing why. So I think that he's not going to be ready to start the season. I'd be fine with that. I'm okay. I, I benched him in my MLB The Show. He's a great guy. Really, really solid baseball mind. But, you know. He's, he's, he would have he had a tremendous 60-game season. Oh, yeah. He would have been phenomenal. He, would, he might have ran for MVP, for all we know. But yeah, you think you think Nemo's actually going to be at top of the lineup, guy? I do. Well, he always has. Been. I just don't see it every year. Well, yeah, two two years ago when they didn't have McNeil and Alonzo up, he was. But no, now but they he actually used... have bats in the lineup. But he was leading off even with McNeil in it. Like he was the reason I say that is because um, he so McNeil made the All Star team last year because of his hitting. So and he also got on base a lot. I agree. So McNeil is a very very solid leadoff hitter. I do agree with you. I think what Neil, McNeil doesn't do that Nimmo does is he gets on base also with drawing a lot of walks. Like Nimmo is the kind of guy that takes a lot of pitches. Like McNeil's just a free swinging, slap hitting lefty that just gets on base by just being an incredible hitter. You know, whereas like Nimmo's the kind of guy that can get on base both with a little bit of slap hitting, but also he can get on base with um, drawing a walk. But not everybody agrees. Like, a lot of Mets fans think McNeil should just lead off. So, which I, I understand. Yeah, I think people just want him getting as many as bats as possible. And with no pitcher, you kind of have, like, a, a double leadoff situation. Because the batting order really only matters the first time through. And right. then you could – and then – it's just however the innings fall, you you can't really predict it. Yeah. So you have McNeil batting. I mean, uh, not McNeil. Nemo batting ninth, and then if it's nine one two, you have him high on base, then top of the lineup, which is McNeil high on base, and then three run homer with Alonzo. Yeah, I mean, I like Alonzo. No, I don't like Alonzo in cleanup, so I like him anywhere second or third. So, I agree. I like. I think that will work. Yeah, I think. I think Cespedes will probably be cleanup because then you have the lefty righty, lefty righty. So then, wait, the wait. So go get to say what your lineup would be again. McNeil is first. Everyone healthy: McNeil, Alonzo, Conforto, Cess, Cano, Ramos. My forget uh JD Davis, Ahmed Rosario, Brandon Nemo. Well, what do you put? I mean, I don't mind that. I mean, I would. I think I'm going towards Brandon Brow. I would put Nemo first, Neil McNeil second, and Alonzo third because I was reading, and Brandon Nemo had a. 397 on brace percentage last year, which is pretty good. 
And on top of that, you know, you have McNeil who makes a lot of good contact with the ball. You can have a situation, you know, first and third, nobody out with Alonzo at the plate. I think well, they got away have, with you putting have Alonzo. That in the third inning too. They well, got away with putting. Uh, What'd you say, Dave? Well, you get that in the third inning too. If you, if Nimmo bats ninth, you, it's the same thing. You just don't have that in the first inning. But I mean, <laughs> are you going to wait all the way in the third inning with that opportunity when you can have it in the first inning? But then also, but then also, would you rather have Nimmo get five at bats in a game or McNeil and Alonzo get five at bats in a game? Well, McNeil, well, a lot, uh, Nimmo never gets at bats because he walks all the time. Never counts as an advice. Five, five playing appearances. Yeah, no, I, I understand. I know. Um, I'm thinking about Nimmo ninth, and if you have him after Rosario and um, like Ramos, because JD Davis has to definitely be in front of Wilson Ramos. He's just a way better hitter than him. And also, JD Davis Dude, is slowly. Ramos hit like 300 last year. Uh, yeah, like 280 something, 290. It wasn't 300. So he I think he year. got to 300 at one point, then he slumped again. Yeah, it was he, pretty close. He's definitely a really good hitter. But I'm just saying, like, if you watched J.D. Davis last year, he really turned into a potential, like, star. He, like, he would come through clutch for the Mets in situations where no one even, like, expected him to. He would constantly be getting, like, doubles and hits and getting on base. And, like, he got a shot because the Astros got rid of him. And, like, he didn't really play that much. And, like, the Mets needed a hole to fill. And he crushed it. So, I think Mets fans love J.D. Davis. He's, like, the guy that we never expected. He actually won the job over Dom Smith because Dom Smith could play left field. Dom Smith's not just a first baseman. He's just he's – a, he's a primary first baseman. But he could very well and easily play left field if he had to. But wasn't Dom Smith not hitting that well for a time period? Yeah, he was slumping a little bit, and he also was hurt a lot last year. His actually first his first at bat back from the all the um, injured list was that home run he hit the last game of the year, hmm. which was funny if you remember that. He started out the season really well too. They just couldn't get him at bat. Yeah, I mean it's a good pro- the Mets have a good problem because they have depth for the first time in their entire lives. Yeah, pretty much. I can't remember the last time I could say that about the Mets bench. Last time, like Julio Franco used to be on the Mets. That was depth. Yeah, I'm At telling minus. you, don't be surprised if the Mets make the playoffs. I won't be surprised. I said they would. No, I wasn't mean towards you. I meant like people in general. Oh. Well, people in general. Here, you heard it first. That's true. They're they're gonna make it. And they haven't had anybody opt out either, which is good luck. Thank God. Except for Cano. Involuntarily. Well, he, didn't, he didn't opt out, but he probably has. I think I I forgot who else hadn't reported yet, but it was, I think, three players for the Mets hadn't reported. So, yeah, Cano and then Brad, uh, Brad Brock has been. Well, I think he did finally show up, but Brad Brock was one of them too. And then they told him Ed Rosario to like show up a day later for some reason. They didn't yeah. say why. I don't. Know, I think Brody's had a really good last couple months with everything hey, he said during this. Uh, oh yeah. And everyone said, and everyone says 
he knocked that ball out of the park with the draft picks. So yeah, he's been doing really well. Well, he kind of needs to with the changing ownership group. He need he needs to have some like tangible results. That's true. Well, so yeah, he's he's got to prove himself a little more, in my opinion. He's done well the last few months, but with the Edwin Diaz situation and everything, it looks really bad. Well, he said he said Edwin Diaz is probably going to get the first crack at like saves, but it's going to be like an extremely short short leash. Yeah, has to be. I think he'll bounce back. To be honest. The only way oh, from there is up. <laughs> he can't well, go any lower. If you remember, he he started really, he started really well last year. Then I think he had one bad, really bad outing against the Dodgers, and it all just went downhill. He started giving up homers left and right, and then they changed pitching coaches, and he just never got it going after that. <laughs> Their pitching coach, um, was like seventy seventy eight years old. I don't know what that yeah, had to do with it. The, but. He's still in the organization. So. <clears throat> yeah. Well, the Mets hired Jeremy Hefner, if any of you all remember. He was their fifth starter um, in, like, 2013. They really hired Jeremy Hefner? Jeremy Hefner is their pitching coach. If you, can't, if you can't catch my sarcasm with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, our pitching coach is Matt Blake, so it's not like we have a big-name pitching coach either. Oh, They're all Matt just guys. Stairs. Pretty much anyone who uh, anyone who buys into Saber Metrics is going to become a pitching coach candidate now. Yeah, basically. Analytics of pitching. I mean, pitching. It is really interesting, though, to listen to, like, Garrett Cole's press conferences. You could tell he just loves talking about baseball and loves to, like, explain the science behind, like, his pitches and stuff. Hey, I'm excited to get rid of... Uh... Larry Rothschild, I hated him, <laughs> so <laughs> I can't complain. Yeah, he kind of ran his course, I think. Oh my god, that was terrible. But he he was a good pitching coach. He he uh he made a lot of veteran pitchers pitch better when they got to the Yankees. Uh, what else is going on in the big leagues? Plus, I guess we didn't mention. Well, well, we after we started, Buster Posey opted out. Yep, Michael Kopich opted out because of. Uh, it's actually really sad. He opted out because his anxiety and depression was getting a little bit too much to handle. So hopefully, he's okay. He was a top prospect traded for Chris Sale, so there's obviously a lot of pressure. Hopefully, he can uh, just focus on himself and get back for a strong 2021 season. I mean, yeah, it's, it, it, it's tough because you, you know, you're in, you're quarantined in for so long. And then on top of that, you can't, you, you're risking seeing your family and loved ones to go play baseball. So it's like, what happens if you get sick and then you bring it back to the wife and the kids and then they get sick and something it, it this season, I feel like it's just going to be. Yes, it's it, physically it's only sixty games, but mentally, it's a lot more, and it's. It, it, I feel like it's going to be an extremely hard season. 
Of course. Yeah, definitely. Even you have, like, guys going through different degrees of precautions, like Clint Frazier's wearing a mask for every at-bat, but everyone else isn't. Because he, want, he wants to try to stay as healthy as possible, not, th- not throw away his shot to quote Hamilton the musical. <laughs> yep. I rolled this chat. I bought I bought the book for Hamilton. I'm reading it now. Now why did, I want to ask you this. When you read it, are you looking for things they missed in the musical or just because you're interested more in Hamilton himself? Just in, just interested in general. Dude, like, that's so awesome. far it hasn't gotten gotten into anything that was in the musical, but they're talking about like his upbringing, how he was from Caribbean islands. Right. He was he was like illegitimate and stuff like that. He kind of caught breaks because people noticed that he he was intellectual, and right. eventually found his way to uh, America. I can teach you all about him. I love American history. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was like my. I mean, he was my favorite like politician. Not I guess like. A politician slash like American great growing up like to learn about, and he's oftentimes like one of their forgotten founding fathers. So to right. me, he was he was like an underdog, which is why like I really love learning about him. But like when I mentioned he, to everybody he else, was never president. what he was never president, but pretty much everything about our system and like our our life that we live is because comes of, from his because of theology, him. like the economy, the national bank like jefferson became president but in the end like hamilton ideals really won the day it's true it's impressive back to baseball or all this chapman got uh diagnosed so jb who who are you going to at the back of our ball set uh i just feel like i i, I just stopped checking like mlb news because each day I check MLB news, like something happens to the Yankees, and it's like between DJ LeMay and Luis Luis Sessa testing positive for the coronavirus, and then you also got um, now Chapman testing the coronavirus. Uh, Mashiro Tanaka got hit in the head with a line drive. You got Aaron Aaron Judge with a strained neck. It. This season, this season hasn't even started yet. <laughs> like, what's gonna happen when the season starts? Um, I who would I go with? That that that's tough. Um, I don't have an answer. I the safe option is Zach Britton. Like I also don't trust Zach Britton sometimes, so maybe Tommy Canely. That's in, that's interesting. I think he he'll probably slot in for like the seventh or eighth inning. I like him, but I think I like him a lot. I think they'll probably go on matchups to be honest. But Britton, if you remember his last full year with the Orioles, he probably should have won Cy Young. I mean, he was like was forty-seven year, uh, for forty-seven, right? And saves. Yeah, and his ERA, his ERA was ridiculously low. And then Buck Showalter refused to go to him in the wild card game. Oh, that's right. Yeah. It's like the same thing as the Astros not using Garrett Cole in game seven last year. They just refused to go to him. But he probably should have beat 
out Rick Porcello for Cy Young that year. Oh, yeah, easily. So, I, I mean, if that Zach Brennan shows up, I think we'll go off without a hitch. But I could see him, him getting innings, Canely getting innings. I don't really trust Adovino in the ninth inning, but also don't sleep on uh, Chad Green to get some ninth inning save opportunities. I love Chad Green because he's just so he's so he's, versatile. He, he can do anything. He does everything. He's like such an un- he'll, pitch, he'll pitch any inning. Oh yeah, easily. I mean, Adovino. Oh, oh, my problem with Adovino is you need him to get that one le- that one lefty out, and then he doesn't do it, and then gets you in a world of trouble. But that's once an occasion. Usually, I like I like the matchups that he brings, and you know, and some of the uh, like pitches he throws. But I think for me, after a while, people just get used to it, and they just start smacking it. Yeah, I also don't like how Boone used him last year because mm. he kind of would bring him in for like one batter, and even if he didn't get him out, he would take him out. Like you're paying the guy big money, and he's a pretty successful relief pitcher. I think he could handle a full inning if you left him out there. Yeah, I don't think he has to do. I think the only thing about Boone and he drives me nuts is he's. He's a big matchup guy. So, say for instance, the matchup doesn't go as planned. Like, he'll just, he'll, he'll waste like five, five, six pitchers to try and get the matchup, you know, he wanted. Meanwhile, that one pitcher probably could have gotten three outs and saved the rest for like a possible extra inning, you know? Yeah, definitely. He does that a lot. Yeah, and it's funny because that's what people got mad at Girardi for doing, overusing the bullpen, and then Boone does the exact same thing. Yep. I mean, looking back, I think, I think, mm, I think they should again Girardi one more shot with that team, but I just think he was even if they won the World Series that year, I think Girardi would have been out. They just didn't. I think their relationship went sour. Yeah, I think uh, Girardi had a little bit of, like, distaste with some players, which is what really caused it. Yeah. It wasn't his fault, though, but. No, I think. Do you, do you guys really, truly in your heart. This year? Think the Yankees will win the World Series. Yeah, like have, no kidding, no they, kidding this aside. Feels this year, as close to a championship locker room as we've had in ten years. Like every good, the whole team pretty much gets along there. That's they it. wanted to stay in Florida when they closed camps originally and just work out until they reopened. And I really think that they would have if they weren't forced to go. They they want they have unfinished business. I think that oh that's true. I think. The whole Astro saga has really like motivated them. Yeah, for sure. It might have motivated the That's Astros too. a little bit too. Hope, hope not, but you never know. That's all I got for headlines. Do you guys have anything else? 
the Mets offers. Oh yeah, Stevie Cohen. Big headline. Four billion split fifty fifty between S and Y. <laughs> then A Rod Dwarf, which includes Brian or Uh it's Frank Viola, Mike Rapoli, and I don't even know who else. Bradley Bealy mentioned before. Um Demarcus Murray. Bradley uh, Beal. That, that that makes it less serious an offer for me. Like if it was just A Rod and a bunch of really rich people, I'd be cool with that, but if it's becoming like a mutual fund for play for <laughs> from the team, <laughs> yeah, that kind it of it is though. That's what's that happening. Would kind of annoy me. How do oh. you feel? <laughs> I <laughs> so look, I I I've said on before I. I, at this point, don't like that. It's becoming that mutual fund feeling. I think that's a good comparison. Because it really, that's what they're offering it. Well, yeah, like, they, you know, they looking for to, other investors. Like, they can't I wanted Steve Cohen's capital. Afford. Right. I, I'm i okay with Steve Cohen himself taking control. It's going to turn into this whole media saga thing if you have, like, 95 different celebrities owning the Mets. And I think it's going to create a lot of distraction that's unwanted. And I think that the Mets, if they want to get really serious about winning and serious about moving forward in the right direction, uh-huh. Steve Cohen is a much better fit because originally I was on board with A-Rod and J-Lo together because of A-Rod's investment mind. But if he's now wanting to make headlines by bringing in all of these famous athletes to get on for the bid for the Mets... I'm not saying they're going to have management control and stuff like that, but it's still not the Mets' way of doing things. So I would much rather Steve. Oh, Cohen yeah, he's yeah, he also a whole full building. Jesus. It's not just like a really, a really successful. He's from Long Island. Trying to diversify. Like he's a Mets fan. He's owned part of the team the past. I don't even know how long he's had his percent, but he's owned part of the team before. I think it would be really flawless and a good thing for the for the team. Yep. I think these, so most fans would agree now, especially that the news is coming out with A-Rod, A-Rod's bids increasing, like with these other athletes and stuff, I think it makes more sense for Cohen to do it. But here's the thing, so. I don't, I'm not 100% sure they're going to approve the Mets sale to Steve Cohen. That's the problem. And if they don't approve the Mets, you know, the sale to Steve Cohen, then it becomes, all right, who's next? And, you know, <laughs> it's so funny. Then it, then it's going to end up being, the, you know, the right. mutual fund Mets, um, instead of the New York Mets. So it's going to be interesting. <clears throat> Well, there's also the the third group, the people that own the Devils and the Seventy Sixers, and I think they own part of the Steelers too. They're another they're another option that's not very popular with the fans, but if uh, if Steve Cohen, I think he'll get approved though. Yeah, because like, I don't. He already owns after all that happened. I hope so. Part of the team, and I mean, if you look into half the owners in the league, I'm sure you could find something they did wrong. 
either like tax evasion or something like that. So I can't see I can't see them taking his uh, trading suspension and making it a reason he can't be a majority owner. I don't. Like, yeah, I mean, having yeah. having the Mets a, a big market team. Well, we'll say like a medium big market team because they're in New York, but they've never acted like a big market. But having having that financially stable, <laughs> like they would be with Steve Cohen, is just one less thing that baseball has to worry about going into labor negotiations and possible uh, decreasing revenue from the coronavirus and stuff like that. So I I think that they that they should really it should be unanimous for improving Steve Cohen as the Mets owner. I I think I'm gonna have to disagree with you on that. I think. It's just my opinion, but I don't think they're gonna approve Steve Co. Steve Cohen as you know, if he does outbid everyone else. I think because of his Wall Street investor, hedge fund investment manager, blah 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 blah. I think they see that more as a risk that you know they're gonna be afraid of. Um, and I think it has to be MLB owners approve, right? Approve of it. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, well, I'll, they did. They did yeah, I'll, disapprove I'll of uh, Mark Cuban buying a team like 20 years ago because they thought that he'd spend so much and throw everything this way out of out of whack. So maybe that could be something. That's what they were. That they, yeah, that's what they were talking about too. That he's going to outbid for all the player contracts. And he can certainly do so if he really wishes to. I mean, he has the money. Yeah, Wasn't Cuban already owning yeah, the Mavericks? I at think that he time, wanted though? to like put in a bid to buy the Cubs I know. or something. Maybe yeah, I heard about that. It might have been before he was owning them. I'm not really sure what the timeline was, but I know he tried and. They denied his. Uh, yeah. Application. Yeah, he tried to buy the Cubs and the Rangers. Oh yeah, so that was probably like at least twenty years ago, right? Because the Rangers were up for sale when George Bush became president, or yeah. started his presidency. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah. So that was a. Yeah, I, I don't know. I th- I think um, like this might not make sense to you guys as like Yankee fans, but like I go through it a little bit with the Giants as opposed to like the Jets because like I'm a I'm a Mets Giants fan, which is not very normal. Um, but like I almost like that the Mets are a little bit under the radar in the sense of like. The spotlight, per se. Now, I'm not saying the Yankees are, like... The Yankees are in the spotlight because they're the best franchise in sports and because the way that they conduct their business is like that, right? The Met, And that's right. I'm not wrong. Makes sense. Like, the, the Yankees bring in free agents that have played for a while, signings that make headlines. Like, that's just the Yankees. That's their winning baseball attitude. The Mets don't have that. It's very rare that the Mets have ever done that. The last time they really did that was Omar Minaya when he brought in... Delgado and Beltron and Pedro and Glavin mm-hmm. and all those guys. So I don't think the direction of A Rod is just A Rod and all these guys getting in is the right 
direction for the Mets. Because, like, I – in the sense that, like, the big market type thing. Like, they're trying to be a big market team, like you were saying, and they're trying to have more money to spend in free agency and run the team the right way. I get it. But, like, initially – having a mutual fund of owners is not the right way to do it. Have a guy like Steve Cohen do it where he's in charge. He makes the right business decisions to make them a big market team and does it in a, a traditional way. The mutual fund thing is like tacky to me. So yeah, I don't know I, if I feel I comfortable with, with it. Saying. Also, I'm, I'm an ownership. It's going to be like a media hoax thing. Your anniversary of George Steinberg. Four one out for the ball. Yeah. May he rest in peace. May he rest in peace. <laughs> yep. <a> crazy man. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Talk about uh, <laughs> talk about a polarizing a polarizing figure. But he he got he got the job done. True. He got the job done. Even though he even though he brought the uh the out of prime stars to New York. <laughs> yeah, well, a lot of people say that the Yankees dynasty wouldn't have happened if he never got suspended because he would have traded away like Posada, Rivera, Jeter for more, more aging stars. No, that That's is a- true. Yeah, it could have in an alternate dimension that could have happened. But he got the friend and then we're in where we're in right now. Uh, any final thoughts on that, or do we want to get into the real reason why we want sports back? Sports back. No, I think we're set. Um, I'm going to be putting a cardboard cutout of my face in the stands at City Field. <laughs> oh, really? So what, I just want to make sure you guys are aware of that. Well, mine are like really up there, but I, I'm pretty sure once they, it's a first come first serve basis. So I got to get my like thing in stew this week, but uh, I get to like have it like I think hopefully on the field level. How much is, I don't think everybody's going to do it. Oh wow, that's nice. No, that's it's really, free. And I think if complimentary, if a foul ball hits your thing, they I know, send it to you right or something like that. <laughs> yes. I thought they well they send you I'm pretty sure you can like so they'll send you a picture of it I think I gotta figure out which picture I want to use but like they said you can't be shirtless obviously you have to wear clothes they encourage you to wear Mets um like Mets clothes it's obviously funny. it's pretty straightforward like guidelines but I'm pretty pretty yeah, excited cool yeah seeing this seeing the ball hit like uh hit the stands and then just be empty is kind of dreary. So have, having something there, yeah, is kind of cool. I'm hyped for baseball to come back, though. Like even even the inner squad games where it's like slower pace and players are kind of just trying to get their reps in. It's still fun to watch because we're so sports deprived. Yeah. Mhm. Because now we can get down to what we really want to talk about in this episode. Yeah, sure. So I, I actually went to New Jersey a couple of, uh, I guess it was like seven or eight days ago now, 
and I bet on Glaber Torres to win MVP. You're I kept, welcome. I kept, yeah, that that was a good call. I think he's he's really locked in right now. It just feels like his year, especially if Mike Trout. Well, Mike Trout's definitely going to miss a couple games because he's probably going to leave for when his kid is born. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think the door is wide open for someone else to win MVP this year, even if Mike Trout's still the best player in the league. I kept my Reds World Series pick in. My Yankees won. Uh, I still have Garrett Cole catching a no hitter at some point this year. A lot, a lot of Yankees and Mets bets. That's what I put in. Interesting, interesting. Is there anything? Are there any bets that you guys liked? Um. No, you can go for. Well, I have. Oh, go ahead, JB. You go first. Um. Well, I think Labor is going to win MVP now that if Trout is not going to be playing the full season because he hasn't admitted or said anything about it. Um. I would like to make a prediction that I think Aaron Judge is going to hit less than 25 home runs this year. Which is, like, I think a lot of people project him to hit, like, 30. But, like, I think he'll hit less in than 60. 25. It's been, like, maybe, like, 21, 22. And 60 Which might games, not be that You think it's going to be that? Huh? Yeah. I was thinking, like, 15 would be that a much. really good season. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, 15, 20? No. I think 20 for power hitters is very possible in 60 games, especially with the adrenaline and everything. And also you're playing a lot of your games like consistently in your home stadium and this like American League ballpark. You're not traveling a lot like away from the East. Like you're playing in familiar ballparks. I don't know. I guess if you multiply whatever you predict, you have to multiply by 2.7. So like 20 home runs would be 47 for a full year. So yeah, actually 20 home runs is really possible for a guy like Aaron Judge if he's healthy. What do you put Alonzo at? What? Alonzo will probably have like 10. What? He didn't have a <laughs> he didn't have a soft he didn't have a sophomore slump. I love Pete Alonzo. He's the nicest human being and the guy's the fucking man. And I know I sound like like an asshole by saying this, but I am a little worried about Pete Alonso. I think I don't want, I'm worried that he's going to, he's not the kind of guy to let it get to his head necessarily, but I'm very worried about the, the sophomore slump hitting him super hard. I don't know why. I think it's just because I'm a Mets fan and I just see it happen to everybody. Like, I hope it doesn't. I hope I'm completely wrong, but I, in reality, I see Alonso hope getting like, 15 to 15, 18 home yeah, runs. That would I'd be a say. good season. I wonder. Which is still if, very uh, good. Is it a concern for you that all the publicity and stuff is getting in the way of his, like, focusing on improving? Um, no, I I don't think he's he's not treating camp also like that though, where the publicity is getting to him. Like he's got this whole charity thing he does now. He's on cameo, so he like records himself like. 15 times a day sending messages to people like the guys become like the New York star, you know? So I could see why you'd say that, but I think it's really just in general of, of history of home run hitters of people that like have 
especially after a long like rookie year, like a really successful one, have a sophomore slump type year where they're not the same player. And I don't know. I just I've seen it happen. I don't want it to happen to him. But I don't have a good reason to tell you why it won't happen. That's the We're problem. I'm just following intuition feeling. I think after it's 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 yeah well, definitely. But he like won't a hit fifty, 50. home run well, two years in a row is a lot to ask. <laughs> for any hitter. Cameo is such a good thing. I just right. want to throw that in there since you brought it up. I am. No, it's great, man. I got one repeat Alonzo. Um, I'm also going to say that Michael Conforto is going to have the best year of his career. I think he's going to the in... I think he's a streaky player to begin with. He's going to go on this incredible 60-game streak. He's going to have the Michael right attitude. Conforto? He's going to hit like 25 home runs. No way. What? No yep. way. Calling it right now. Well, it's a, you heard it here first. Because he always has like a two-month stretch. 20 where home he runs. to save his life. Mm-hmm. And then a two-month stretch where he's the best hitter in the National League. So, like. Right. So, this is going to be the best time he. Yep. It's going to. I'm telling you. And he'll hit like four home runs at Yankee Stadium this year alone. They'll just be cheap flyouts to right field. I'm telling you. We also are going to have a breakout year this year. What kind of. Uh, if there's any change in the baseball and like the the binding of it, mm, that's true. Because last year, like I don't know how to judge when they when point. they show like Urshela's numbers. He hit like 28 home run, or it wasn't 28. Gardner hit 28, but he hit 20 something home runs last year. And then they show like eight home runs previously in four year in four seasons. <laughs> like I, I don't know how to judge. Power numbers. <laughs> I don't know if the ball's just gonna, if the ball's gonna be flying out of the park or if it's gonna be more if it's gonna regress more toward what the average is. Well, I think in Urshela's case, I think it's not just his power went up; all his numbers went up. Because at one point he he had like twenty something home runs with like a three thirty five batting average, and I was like, "What the hell?" Like. What? Yeah, no. Like between him and DJ LeMayu was like, they were like in the middle of battling for AL MVP, and you're you're thinking like, wait, I gotta look up Gio Urshela and see where the Yankees got this guy from. <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying I'm not saying I don't think he's a good hitter. Like all his his <clears throat> launch angle and stuff like that were all really improved, and there's actually a good video. I think I forgot what the YouTube channel is called. I think it's like Stat Stories or something like that. They did an episode all on Gio Urshela and like what he changed in his stance and stuff. And I I think it's pretty sustainable. But I don't know if twenty five home run power is sustainable for him. And same thing with like Jeff McNeil, who never profiled as like a big power guy. He he launched twenty five balls out of the park, most of them coming in a two month stretch in the second half. So. I just I just don't know how to judge power numbers going into this year. No, I mean I think you're 100 percent right, uh, especially when it comes to that. Um, <clears throat> it's gonna be it'll be interesting. But do you think you see the same with like? Uh, like Glaber Torres' numbers last year. Well, I I don't know because I think his 
scouting report coming out was that he had 30 to 40 home run potential. He just needed to mature. Like, he's only he's still only 22 years old. Like, he's younger than But, like, McNeil going through the minor – and Urshela, too, going through, like, their minor league and early career, they were never – they were never really big full power guys until the ball started flying out of the park last year. I mean, I think but I was – I think it's a different case. Yeah, I mean, I was just surprised because with Glaber being so young and Glaber's not even in his prime yet, he hit 30 home runs. That's like a career high for some people. And it's like, okay, if he hits 38 home runs now, that means he'll probably hit like 50 to 55 in his prime, which is coming from a second base slash <laughs> – Shortstop, which is interesting. Yeah, no, that is. I think also you're going to find, like, pitching-wise, like, I just don't think they've settled this yet, but oh. I wonder, we talked about this a little bit, like, with their aces, that they're going to do the... There... Yeah, I think so. Everybody Okay. Dave, you okay? Dave, you okay? Dave, did you fall? <laughs> what were you saying, Brendo? Dad. Dad. No, it's, it's Dad. Dad. It's from Elf. What were you saying? Yeah. Uh, okay, well, JV, my man, what's up? I was going to say that I think that teams, if they're smart, will monitor their pitching rotation where, depending on the rest days, they try to pitch their ace as frequently as possible. So guys like Garrett Cole will pitch as often as he can, which would mean that they would do a four-man rotation if there's a day of rest in between um, in between yeah. like day yeah, four yeah, and day yeah. five, or pitcher four and pitcher five. You know what I mean? Like a four-game series, rest, and then go right into your next starter. Like have each – almost have each four-game series. That makes series sense. But it's, it almost ends pitchers. up being like a like a playoff series, you know, when you just keep throwing your – Which is what it should be, though, because it's 60 games. You if, you're, if you got swept in a four-game series and then you go into another – yeah, you're pretty much screwed. The momentum – like you won't have any momentum going into the next series. And then if you, like, lose – even if you, like, take – one game out of a three-game series in that situation, you're two and five, and that's already a. Do you think that sixty-game season to come back? This from. is gonna change the aspect of them possibly shortening the season, not shortening the season, but shortening the amount of games. Like, you mean they no, would make even less, less games like during the year? But I say like less than one sixty-two. Oh, um, I don't know. I mean, I, I potentially, right? I mean, I think this is this whole thing happening is going to be changing everything in the world, literally everything. So I'm sure they're going to use this as an example of like a trial run. You know, I just hope that they can finish the season. Yeah. Like I was listening to Joe Beningo today um, on the fan. Yeah. I know Evan's on vacation. I don't think he was there, but Joe was saying that like what a failure it's going to be. Just imagine how horrible it would be if they do start it and they can't finish it. Like, they, they get there, they had all this planning, and then, like, a month goes by, and they have to just shut down the season. 
So you got to figure out, do you have, can you commit to it? Do you have the proper testing measures in place to commit to the full season? Or are you going to have to realize people are getting tested positive and have to cancel I think, midway because you couldn't handle it properly? Yeah, 100%. It's like crazy. And I think one about. of the cool things with that is since the season is shortened, I do expect that the play is going to be a lot better than it normally is because one season, you know, everyone's had extended rest and two, it's a shortened season. So everyone has more stamina to finish up the season and you won't really have like someone start fatiguing out towards the end of the year. You know what I mean? Like maybe someone's going to hit 400. Which I think that might be the case. I think right. it's going to cause a lot of controversy. I think someone is going to go off on a ridiculously on a ridiculous tear and have like a 400 batting average with like 30 something home runs because it is a shortened season. And they're like, eh, it only counts because it was short. <laughs> I know. I mean, like, imagine looking at, like, the record, like, baseball encyclopedia reference, like, index, and you look at, like, the last few years of ties, batting averages, and home runs, and it's, like, you know, a 403, you know, year-long batting average in 2020. Exactly. And like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, where'd that come from? It's going to be weird. But it's why I said, like, I don't want the Mets. I want the Mets from the World Series so badly, but I kind of don't want them to win it this year. I don't want it to be, the, like, a 60-game feeling like it's almost a half-ass World Series. I want it to be the full spring training starts in mid-February, show up to camp on, you know, you know, right there. You come in April 1st for opening day. You play the entire season, injuries and all. You have an amazing trade deadline. You know, you do the whole thing, be, and you win the World Series that way. Oh, That's 100%. what I want. And I think it'll be interesting to, like, see if how the training deadline is going to be affected. Because I don't really think, you know, you're going to really need as many guys as you might think. Like, I know everybody's talking about, you know, Francisco Lindor to the Yankees or something. But, like, for a 60-game season, how do you don't know? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But we'll see. We'll see. It's crazy. Yeah, man. <laughs> What'd you say? What what's that, Dave? Oh man. Oh, that man. is pretty funny. Well, with that being said, I guess it's been our hour. Um you it know, has. It was and... it was a good time. We have a we're getting closer. So this weekend is yes. the first. So they're televising the games, right? Right. Um, so there. Um, televising the games, and then the week I after that can't wait. starts. It's crazy. All right. Well, I'm very excited. We will figure it out. Um, and uh, sounds good. Take we'll, care. We'll talk next week. Until next time. Bye, Dave. All right, we can hear you. Bye, Dave.